Welcome to Scrollin', a podcast about the Elder Scrolls Online. I'm Ket. I'm Davius. This is episode number 43. <laughs> so, uh, there's this new game that came out. It's called Cyberpunk 2077. You might have heard of it. Um, it's... It's a game that's been anticipated for a long time, a game that I've been anticipating for a long time. And Davius, I've I told you way back when this when the marketing first started hitting and stuff, like, hey, just be prepared when this game comes out. I'm not gonna be playing a lot of Elder Scrolls. That seemed uh, like years ago. I don't know how long it was, but it I was feel like literally it, years ago. <laughs> it was years ago you gave me a heads up about it. Yeah, yeah. And of course, you know, the game right that game right now is under a lot of criticism, a lot of bugs and stuff, and and Really, I agree with most of the criticism out there. Like, probably should have stayed in development a little bit longer, but nonetheless, I'm having a blast with it, and I and I can't stop playing it. Uh, I think partially because I have a, a really high end PC, so the the issues just aren't as severe for me. But I think it's also partially because I mean I'm an ESO player. I'm not gonna let a few bugs get in the way of a good time, you know. So, so it's like I was I was born for this. Uh, it's just. <laughs> Familiar territory for you. Yeah, yeah, no big deal. <laughs> so, uh, anyway, uh, that that I guess is just kind of my way of saying. Uh, still, I, my my scrolling time has been a little bit limited. With that, I'm still going through the process of, uh, of buying a house and stuff as well. So my my time has been a little bit divided. But uh, I have been keeping a pulse on things, and I have been playing some Elder Scrolls. So just just keep that in mind as we go. Um, as far as ESO goes, I've been spending some time in the Reach because uh, I know uh, we have this January twenty first live stream announcement coming up where they're going to be talking about uh, the Gates of Oblivion, this new uh, year's worth of content that we're going to be getting. So I just kind of want to wrap up this year's content before we start getting into that. Probably shortly after that live stream, there's going to be a PTS will go up most likely. Um, so I just kind of want to be able to focus my attention on that and, and not really be still trying to finish up last year's content <laughs> you got to finish up the reach you got to do it yeah i'm getting close it's it's pretty cool it's like you described a few episodes ago uh that story gets pretty dark it goes to some yeah. twisted places yeah uh i kind of i kind of forget sometimes how how messed up this game can be you know <laughs> it's uh <laughs> When it's you really like place. stop and when you really stop and think about like what's happening here, uh, it's yeah. like so even some of the dungeons, like the vanilla dungeons, like the the undaunted pledges you've done a thousand times, you don't even think about what's happening in those places anymore. But if you really stop and pay it and, and pay attention, like these people are are doing some <laughs> twisted things in here, man. It's a tough world to, to <laughs> yeah. live in. To, all these Daedric princes really causes a lot of issues. Yeah, of they're, issues. They're um, yeah, they're causing some problems. Um, so anyway, as we're kind of approaching this January 21st, uh, announcement event, I'm, I'm just, I'm just getting all excited for that. Um, and, uh, I don't know. It's kind of like, I'm kind of like thinking about what, what this content could be like, what, uh, what sorts of things we're going to be getting as players. Uh, and we kind of are getting, uh, a little bit of a clue. Uh, so studio director, Matt Furor, uh, I guess it's F-I-R-O-R, Furor. Um, That's a good guess, I think. Yeah, he uh, he published a letter titled 2020 Retrospective. You can just uh, Google search ESO 2020 Retrospective. It'll be the first thing that comes up. 
Um, and it's a letter in which uh, he describes ESO's challenges and triumphs in the year 2020. It's a pretty short read, definitely worth uh, skimming through. I think uh, uh, it's very enlightening as to kind of what happened this past year. Um <laughs> So mainly, he's just acknowledging that, yeah, there were a lot of bugs this year. Uh, some of the updates were, were really rough, uh, you know, just kind of owning up to that. Uh, and and basically just explaining why, right? Like a big challenge this year was obviously, you know, there's a, there's a pandemic, right? And a lot of people are working <laughs> from home and uh, there's a lot of new challenges. And the way... This studio works, and probably most video game development studios for these sort of live service games, uh, they're they develop content about six months in advance, right? So like back in March, when all these lockdowns and everything else started happening, they're already shoulder deep into this thing, right? Uh, and it's it's really difficult. I imagine it's got to be really difficult to course correct to uh you know okay we're all working from home now and it's a I can speak from experience with even with all the resources and every tool at your disposal, that is a difficult transition to make. And there's just going to be issues that come up, mm-hmm. uh, you know, like your workflows that you're used to just don't work anymore. You can no longer just turn around to a coworker and tap them on the shoulder and ask them a quick question. Things just slow down. Um, so it really is no surprise that uh, things are kind of messy this year. Yeah. You know. Uh, you know, they still had their same, uh, he, he kind of goes through the, the, the challenges here, you know, they had their same normal release schedule, their same efforts to address longstanding issues, performance improvements. Uh, they had no more team cohesion because everyone's working from home. Uh, they basically kept the same, uh, scope and pace, uh, as they had before as like a, like a normal year, but with this massive new obstacle in the way. Uh, and like I said, there was really no time to course correct. They were already deep in it. Uh, so I think they probably just had no choice other than just to power on through as best they can. And we'll, we'll try better next year. Um, and so that's kind of the next thing he says here is uh, year 2020 2021 is going to be a lot different. You're going to still be working from home, but now they're planning for it right now. They're ready for it. So hopefully we'll have a lot smoother year this year. Um, basically there, so there's one key statement in this, uh, article that I think is giving us our biggest clue about like what this next year is going to be like, uh, Matt says in 2021, we will devote more time overall to stability and game performance and less time to new game systems with the, with the standard content update schedule continuing unchanged. I think that's such an interesting statement there because there's there's two sides of this thing davis i'm gonna let you talk in a minute i promise <laughs> <laughs> no i i i am agree i'm i'm shaking my head in agreement with a lot of what you're saying so <laughs> i'm silently supporting uh well this is interesting and i think there's a, it's a two-sided thing so on one side under normal circumstances i would think 2021 would be the year that i would be expecting some big new thing some like, like a new class or at least a new skill line or some some really cool big thing, you know, like this year we got antiquities and the, and the mythic items. And that's, I guess that's pretty cool, but it's mm-hmm. not like getting a necromancer added to the game or something like that. Right. Yeah. It seemed kind of like a kind of a flash in the pan. It was really fun. It was exciting, but it wasn't like a, a long term 
really fun, exciting. Like it wasn't a you know like necromancer still stuck with the game, you know a whole new class. People are right. still playing those. They're building those. Um, and even thinking back to like uh, Somerset when we got the Sigic Order and jewelry crafting, like that was huge. You know, yeah. uh, still is huge. I guess is the best way to say. It. And, and not yeah. to take away from antiquities, it's just it's not near as big as as it was when it first launched. As it you know right now, it's not near as big as it was. Right, right. Like those, some of those mythic items are really important to a lot of builds, but the the antiquities system itself is not something that. I don't get the feeling like a ton of people are actively engaging with it a lot other than just to specifically get those items. I kind of classify it as kind of uh, housing. You know, if you're really into homes and housing, then it's yeah. a lot of fun to do. But not every single player is doing it or, you know, is is really involved in it. Uh, yeah. And it and it doesn't directly relate to every player where a jewelry crafting or a necromancer, you're going to run with necromancer players or one way or another, whether you level up jewelry crafting or you're buying you know jewelry crafting items jewelry crafting is affecting every single player yeah totally so that's one thing is 2021 i think would be the year that a lot of players would expect some big cool new thing but matt's statement here is kind of suggesting that maybe that's not going to happen this year because they're having to narrow their scope because of the the teleworking situation um, a little bit of a bummer, but absolutely, totally understandable, I think. Um, but on the flip side of that, there's this kind of amazing silver lining, it seems, if if it really plays out the way he says here, that they're going to be spending more time overall to stability and game performance. Uh, so that's something that obviously the game has been in much need of for a very long time. And, uh, you know, a, a lot of long-time players, a lot of veteran players have really been asking for a long time. Like, hey, I'd be I'd be thrilled if you just took a year and don't release any new content and just work on performance. You know, that would yeah. be amazing. Um, you know, they're not doing that exactly, but more effort overall to stability rather than putting that effort into new systems and stuff kind of sounds incredible to a lot of, like I said, veteran players who've been in the game a long yeah. time. You know, we're still having fun with the systems that are in the game, you know, I don't right. necessarily need a new system to keep having fun. So that's kind of incredible. You know, it's like, it's kind of this pro and con, like, yeah, bummer. It's kind of, we're kind of due for some, like a new class or a new skill line. And who knows, we may still yet get something cool like that. We don't really know exactly what he means by this statement. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's, that's true. I mean, he, he says that, you know, they've kind of already have a plan for this rollout, but, uh, I agree with you. That statement was really strong. Uh, really, what I took, really, what I thought was really cool from the biggest part of this is obviously, you know, any any game system or developers are going to have one of these letters or end of the year letters that kind of talk about things. But this one in particular, I thought was really humble. I, I guess that's the part that I liked most about it is that he didn't he didn't kind of skip over or add in you know a bunch of you know skip over the problems or anything you know he admitted there's there was issues with um mm -hmm. uh bugs and 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 launches and and patch fixes and and so he even admitted one thing that i thought was kind of uh cool that he admitted you know he said a lot of those patch fixes created more issues and he said you know that can't happen and uh yeah. so i thought it was a really good job that he i really got uh, a sense of humility out of it like they they understand obviously everybody dealt with a lot of stuff this year that that caused a lot of issues um but they 
they have a plan going forward and and that you know like you said they're they're it's, it seems like a big focus going into this next year is that they're, they're not going to let these kind of bugs and and issues continue yeah i mean it's I'm really curious to see how it plays out. You know, 2021 could end up being one of the best years for this game just because the these seemingly unfortunate circumstances are forcing them to focus on things that have actually needed attention for a long time. Yeah. You know, it's it's, it's, well, a, it's it seems kind of like a cool the, thing. Yeah, and it seems like the game's got great momentum right now. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, some of the best momentum it's had in a while. So um, yeah. this is a great time to kind of shore up any... Uh, outstanding bugs or issues or things like that. It's it's a great time to kind of focus on performance. Yeah, totally. So that's a cool letter. Like, like I said, just Google search ESO 2020 retrospective. It's seriously just like two or three paragraphs, a pretty quick read. So let's move on and talk about what we've been doing in Elder Scrolls Online. David, it's been a couple of weeks since we've talked, man. What have you been doing? I have officially made a Bard of Sovereign Guard. He's fully leveled up. Uh, I, I say I've officially made him. He's he's actually not quite done. Uh, okay. I will I will give a a, a a heads up that I plan to have him done uh, by now, but he 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 is not done. The Bard uh, of Sovngarde, a Magicka Templar. Magicka Templar, Bard of Sovngarde. Uh, Great name. <laughs> you know, sticking. He's a Nord. In case you're wondering, he's a Nord. <laughs> you have a, you have a talent for coming up with these clever Nordy names. I love it. <laughs> this is the newest one. Uh, this build, you know, I and I, I've talked about you know that I've been leveling up a second Magplar. I wanted a Magplar that that was actually that actually dealt damage uh, compared to my main Davius, uh, which I'll, I'll 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 talk about him at some point, but. Um, this build kind of was a little trickier to put together than I thought. Um, just kind of overview of what the build ended up being uh, is uh, it's five overwhelming surge, uh, two piece uh, Grothar monster set, uh, two piece trainee, um, a Vatishran Destro staff on the front bar, and then a Maelstrom Resto staff on the back bar. And then uh, this is something we'll have to talk about because I'm curious of your opinion on this. I can't decide if I want to do a ring of the pale order or a ring of the wild hunt. I'm really back and forth. I've, I've gone back and forth on that item. Uh, cause one, uh, you know, obviously I'll get more speed and, and things like that. The ring of the pale order obviously is going to, it pairs really nicely with the magic of Templar jabs. Cause those already return a bunch of heals. So that's just kind of more heals. Um, but based on that setup that I just, uh, said, um, a lot of the damage is coming from sets, uh, and procs and those procs aren't going to, they don't work with that ring of the pale order. It's only damage, you know, from your actual character abilities. So, um, and then, uh, <laughs> this build gets, uh, it's, it's got a lot of pieces. So then the Vatistran Destro, uh, is whenever you cast weakness to elements, uh, within uh, on a target within 15 meters of you, uh, you basically put a tether between you and that character uh, for 10 seconds. And whenever that tether is up, uh, they take uh, 2100 flame shock or frost damage every one second. You don't have to tell uh, me what the Vatistran Destro does. I see it in my in my nightmares at night. It's out there, yeah. and I don't I don't remember the stat. But the really the key to it is is the longer it's on the player, the more it ramps up in damage. 
Yeah, it's a it's a lot of damage. Yeah, and so and then the maelstrom resto on the back bar, that one's just strictly for more sustain. Basically, whenever you do rapid regen, uh, rapid regeneration, every time that critically restrikes, uh, you restore five hundred magicka. Except that it can't occur from uh, simultaneous critical strikes. Uh, okay. But still good sustain. Yeah. Uh, and then, like I said, I can't decide pale order, wild hunt. Do I want speed? Do I want heal back? I mean, you know, I think that's going to, in my opinion, that's going to depend on the exact scenario, but I'm, I'm guessing that as time goes on, like I'm just thinking of Strictly Battlegrounds, your MMR is going to be climbing and climbing and climbing with this dude, and the sweatier the matches you get in, the less effective that Pale Order ring is going to be, yeah. and I think you're going to want that's kinda, Wild that's Hunt. Kinda, that's kind of where I'm at as well. And this character is really designed as kind of just, you know, as I've talked about all those, this character is really designed as kind of an AOE machine. Uh, you know, the, the 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 kind of the thought process behind it is everything around him is just kind of going off. He's got the, the Grothar going off, the Overwhelming Surge going off, the Jabs going off. I use the Destro Staff Ultimate uh, with the Eye of the Storm morph. Uh, so oh, that, that, that hangs around him. Uh, I, I use the... Um, the retro, uh, the retribution, uh, I think that's the name of it. But uh, essentially, the healing ritual. I use the AOE damage one, so I can drop that down, and that's additional AOE. Um, so it's just really just kind of this AO, AOE machine, and so I, that's you kind of guessed that I'm kind of leaning towards the wild hunt because with all of that going on around the character, it's really nice to be speedy, so I can run into a group, kind of do it. But if there's trouble, I can run out real quick. What's that? Uh... What's that one Magplar ability? Let me let me pull my. Oh yes, uh, have you have you tried Solar Barrage from the Dawn's Wrath? Um, I have. Skill I line? have not read. What does that one do again? I don't know that one off the top of my head. Conjure solar energy to blast enemies around you, dealing for this tool for this character sixteen fifty magic damage every two seconds for eight seconds, and then while the ability is active, you have M power the entire time. All your light attacks deal forty percent extra oh, damage. Wow. I might have to find I might have to find a spot of the bar. That's uh, a yeah. Let's see. That's a it's an eight meter radius. So that's the same radius as Grothdar. Yep. Pretty decent little extra layer of AOE damage there. And yep. it lasts for 10 seconds, so that that could be a nice little thing to throw in there if, uh, if you're looking for more AoE. Yep, same radius as Overwhelming Surge. I'll have to look into it because that could work really well. I, I love the idea that this character is kind of just this 8-meter circle of just disaster. That if he anybody in that, in that mess is just going to be uh, kind of taking on that damage... Yeah, um, and then even a Crescent Sweep, right? When you if are you using the Crescent Sweep ultimate? No, I'm using the. Oh, uh, you're Destro, using the Destro, Destro ultimate. Staff. That's right. That's right. Yeah, you said that. Um, but uh, the the other thing about this is that you know obviously the the spell damage is is nice to have just because it helps out with jabs. Um, but a lot of this stuff, I don't you know I don't have crazy spell damage on this character, but the actual damage it deals is pretty great. Uh, and the sustain is really good because, as we said, Overwhelming Surge is great for sustain. Uh, I also get Minor Magicka Steel uh, from Elemental Drain for that uh, Vatishran uh, staff. Yep. Uh, so that's an AoE that's hitting all the characters with that. Uh, and then, like I said, that Maelstrom Resto Staff on the back bar with the Rapid yeah. Regen, even more sustained. So Do you really know what your character's of- uh, Magicka uh, recovery stat is? Um, Do you have that in front of you? 
Uh, it's around, it's a little low, but only because obviously those things that I just said, it's around yeah. 1600 in, in yeah. a battleground with no CP. Um, yeah. that sounds so like it's I probably think, pretty comfortable with, with that stuff. Going, yes, going. Yeah. yeah. Sustain, sustain with this character is really not been an issue. And there's a lot of work. I, like I said, I, there's a lot of work I still have to do. I have all the pieces, but I have to do all the transmutes. I get to get the tri-stat, uh, glyphs going, but. Um, I, I've kind of tested the the feel of the character and, and the and the ability bars and, and things like that, and I think it's I think it's going to be uh, a real team player build. I think it's going to deal a lot of damage, but it's not really going to get a whole lot of kills. But it's going to be great in a in a battleground group. Uh, yeah, kind of like my macro, like yeah. damage as support. Right. Exactly. Yeah, I like that idea. Um, and I do use the damage morph of the of the ritual, but mm-hmm. uh, even with that, there's still team synergy where you can still you know this, the the team can still use that synergy for cleanses, and they get a pretty uh, good sized burst heal from that. Um, yeah. And I am you know, and I use um, uh, breath of life as well. Uh, so I think there's I think there's going to be some decent heal numbers. Uh, with some pretty good uh, uh, AOE damage numbers as well. I think it's going to be a fun uh, group build to run. That's cool. It makes me realize that uh, I've been neglecting my Magplar. Uh, a chubby <laughs> you, you have one of Jub those. Jub. <laughs> I have one. He's been sitting on the bench for quite a while now. I, I need to think of a, a new build for him. Um, but anyway, that's neither here nor there. But um, I've been playing with my... Uh, stamina necromancer again bobby bobango uh they they nerfed sheer venom um this last major patch that that dropped uh and so i've just been curious to see how he performs now that uh now that that set's been nerfed so a reminder of his build is uh it's sheer venom uh five pieces poisonous serpent uh the the infused or uh, an infused black rose bow on the front bar with a with a poison glyph uh, and then a powered potentate's two-hander on the back bar. Um, and I just wanted to make a quick side note that uh, this guy has kind of an odd weapon configuration. He has a, a bow in the front bar, two-hander on the back bar. Uh, and I, I realized not long ago, Davis, I was telling you about this just a few days ago, that every single one of my stamina characters, all of them have a different weapon configuration. I'll just run through the list really quick. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't even intentional. It just kind of has happened this way. But I want to run through the list really quick. Stamplar, two-hander and bow. Stamsork, dual-wield and bow. Um, I have two Stam DKs. One of them uses a dual-wield and a two-hander. The other uses a two-hander and a sword and board. Uh, my Stam Crow that I'm talking about here uses a bow on the front bar with a two-hander on the back bar. Uh, and then my Stamina Warden, bow in the front bar with dual-wield on the back bar. Um, now I also have a stamina night blade, but he's, he, 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 there's no build for that guy. So, uh, yeah, I'm not, I'm not putting him at the list here, uh, poor, uh, poor but guy. it's just interesting. And I, I honestly, that's not intentional. You know, it's just me trying to think of unique builds for these guys. And it has just worked out that way. Every single one of them has a different weapon setup. Uh, and then. On, on the flip side of that, my Magicka characters all use the exact same weapon setup. Yep. <laughs> you know, like it's a it's a Destro staff on the front bar, Resto in the back bar. Now you could use a sword and shield, but you're just getting passives there, right? You can't really use those abilities yeah. as a Magicka player. Um, 
And I think there's one point in the past where maybe there could there was an argument that could be made that like, well, magical characters get to use a lot more of their class abilities. And so that's kind of where their flavor and uniqueness comes from. But anymore, that's really not the case. Like, look at the, the Warden and the Necromancer, like their new sort of class design philosophy. That's no longer really the case at all. You know, um, stamina, the stamina variants of those classes use quite a lot of class abilities still. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I, we've said this in the past, I think, is that it's that's kind of led me away from Magicka characters is because it's, you know, it's Resto and Destro staff or nothing. It's a staff or nothing. And so yeah. um, I, I, I don't I'm not crazy about being locked into that. Um, that's something that I was kind of hoping and who knows, it may still happen, but I'm, I'm hoping that that would happen this year, like as part of the the expansion that comes out this year, like diversifying weapon selections and letting Magicka players have more options like that would be really nice, I think. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. But uh, anyway, that's that's a little detour. Uh, Bobby Bobango by Stamina Necromancer, Bow Crow. Uh, he's still very strong. Sheer Venom, I guess it was nerfed, uh, is, so it says on the you know in the patch notes. Uh, this dude still gets mad, mad kills. So I'm I'm gonna go ahead and keep it on there. Uh, seems really strong still uh, on combat metrics. After a match, it's still among the the top damage dealing things in the build. So uh, it's still super strong. I would say still keep using Sheer Venom if you've been enjoying it. Um, so Bobby's still a great character. I really didn't change a thing about him. Um, we got all these um, sustain buffs, right? Uh, this patch, yeah. Um, and with most of my characters, I've been they they already had plenty of sustain, so I've kind of just been trading that excess sustain for additional damage. So it really has just amounted to damage buffs for most of my characters. Uh, but this guy, most of his damage comes from procs. It wouldn't really do much good to trade that sustain for damage, um, for for weapon damage. So I'm just keeping the sustain and it just makes the character a lot more fun to play with. I can just kind of push <laughs> that pedal all the way there. to the metal. Yeah, he never has to let up for a moment. It's pretty nice. And his sustain was already really good. So, yeah. And uh, that, yeah, that guy's already scary too because really, I mean, he just throws so much on you at once that it's, there's just, there's just really no coming back from it. It's just, it just melts you down from somewhere in any different angles. It's so, so much. His weaknesses, he's extremely single target focused. And if there's a, a, a stealthy night blade, he, he really can't deal with that very well at all. Uh, that's just kind of something I accept about him. But otherwise <laughs> he's, he's deadly, man. He's, he's a lot of fun to play with. Super duper fast. He's a little wood elf with a bow. So he's, he's fully speed capped. Uh, really, really fun. Poisonous Serpent, Sheer Venom, Black Rose Bow, and a Potentate's Two-Hander on the back bar. Um, Davis has been, it's been Magplar week for you, I guess, It has right? been. Only Magplars, apparently. All Magplars, all the way down. All um, Nords, all Magplars. All Nords, all Magplars. <laughs> that's, that's all I have. That's all I make. No. <laughs> all Nords, true, though. Let's yeah. not no, let's not play around about that. <laughs> <laughs> let's not joke around. No, 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 that's not joke. Okay, no jokes there. Um, no, but uh, yeah, the other character that I've put a lot of work into uh, is Davius, uh, my main. Uh, and you know, as I've been tinkering with his build lately, it's I kind of have been reminiscing because this was really you know this is my main, so this was my very first PvP character I ever put together. So. 
back in the early days when we first got into PvP, this was the first one that I jumped in with, you know, this this healing character. And I remember back in the day you telling me how strange this PvP build was. You're like, man, that's just a that's a strange build. You're like, it uh-huh. works. But it's a, it's a strange one. And the I, results don't lie, but yeah. it's surprising. And I, just, yeah. <laughs> I just accepted that it was a strange build. But now that I've built all these other PvP characters, I come back to this one and I just look at it and I'm like, man, this thing goes against all the PvP rules. Yeah. It just doesn't make sense. And so I feel like I have a true appreciation of the strangeness of the build. Um, but uh, the biggest change uh, is really just kind of going back to his original setup. I did put the cold harbor's favorite back on him that's good how um, is how is bummed that you yeah. took that off of him you know you know it it's just the guarplar is the back guar, the guarplar is back in his prime <laughs> um it's weird that it works it's probably the weirdest thing is that that really sums up davius is that the cold harbor's favorite is kind of at his core is that it's this set that if we're being honest it's really an average set at best, maybe below average, uh-huh. uh, because it's so inconsistent. You know, you could be dealing damage, you could be doing heals, but there's no control over it. But with his weird, unique setup where he's only doing heals, he's only getting that massive heal from it. Right. Uh, and it really is just a massive AoE heal. And it just, uh, without that set on him, I really noticed it uh, very quickly. Uh, and when I put it back on him, he felt right as rain again. Um, and I, I could tell that, you know, that that heal along with Chokethorn, along with the, the abilities that I have with heal, it kind of brought the build back to where I wanted it to be. Um, I'm still using the Vatistran Resto Staff on the front bar, which is kind of a nice little addition. Very cool. Um, that one's just given basically teammates more sustain. So it's just kind of a, an extra buff on top of his heals. Um, and really the biggest thing that I have to point out is the... You know, we joked about how hyped I was for the Pearls of Elnafe and how perfect they just seemed destined to be on the Davius build. For all the hype I gave them, I feel like I still underestimated them for how good they are for this build. Yeah. Uh, I, the, so if, if anybody is wondering what, you know, what set I ended up dropping, I had the Shulk's Exoskeleton on this build uh, because the, um, the uh, Templar uh, ultimate heal ability is a, is a big part of the heals. That is, I, I get my ultimate up real quick and pop that a lot. Um, and so I had the Shulks on there to get that minor heroism. Um, don't need don't need Shulks anymore. That's really how good the Pearls of Elnafe is. Is that I don't even need minor heroism, and I have not missed a beat on the ultimate gain with this build. Um, he's obviously always casting healing uh, healing abilities. Uh, he's not a big sustain character, and so when it, he's pretty much always under that 30%. Uh, and so he can just... And once I get under that 30%, Rapid Regen is kind of my ultimate ability now, is I can just spam Rapid Regen, and it's basically just 5, 10, 15, 20, 25, 30 ultimate, just as quickly as I can spam it. Yeah, because Regen's really cheap to cast. Yeah, it's extremely cheap, um, and it just... It's just... I basically, when I need it, I'll just spam that until I get my ultimate heal. Uh, and then just kind of just go with it. Uh, just kind of a reminder of what the build is now. It's it's five piece cold harbors, uh, two piece chokethorn monster set, uh, two piece trainee, uh, the pearls, uh, Elnafe, uh, the Vatistran resto front bar, uh, and then this is kind of if there is an open part to this build, it's probably the back bar. 
but right now I'm using a two-piece Song of LeMay uh, sword and board. And that's just because the two-piece on that set gives uh, 1,400 armor. So it's just okay. kind of the, the back bar is just kind of a defensive. Uh, if I'm in a rough spot, I can drop to that back bar uh, and kind of be a little bit more tanky. But um, there's just, I haven't really found, and it's part of the uniqueness is that, once again, this character that does zero damage, uh, you know, his light attacks, I use the Sigic ability, Symbiosis. So his light attacks heal. Like, yeah, even uh, your light attacks are doing are healing. Yes, like, even my light attacks are healing. I don't have a single damage ability on his bar. It's just It's pretty heals. cool because it kind of forces, like you were just saying, it forces Cold Harbor's favorite to strictly be a healing mm-hmm. set. And when that's the case, it actually suddenly is a very strong set. Yes, it's an ex- yeah, exactly. And that's it's kind of this weird wheel, but it, it, everything goes in a circle and it, it works that way. Yeah. Um, and so uh, I... I Due to that uniqueness, though, I haven't really found a great uh, back bar set. You know, I thought about maybe potentates, um, but right now I've just kind of uh, settled with this Song of LeMay. It's a it's a craftable set in East March, as a place I frequent often. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> but it's just kind of extra armor on the back bar. Um, me and you have talked about this in the past. I didn't really want anything that gives me stats on the back bar because I don't like having the stats on one bar, and then when I switch bars, I lose all those stats. I don't like I don't like doing that on a build, um, yeah. just because it it you know it's cutting into your to your your. I just don't like the way that it cuts into your stats. Well, scrolling um, podcast at gmail dot com. What should Davius <laughs> use on his back bar? Back bar. Right. What, what what are the options out there? <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean that's that's probably the the biggest thing I can say is that is uh, is uh, weird as the build is. I love going back to Cold Harbors. It just it just works um, with with the way he does everything. Uh, and the he the the pearls of Elnafe have just man I can't think of a if I, I probably couldn't have thought of a, of a of a mythic item better for Davis if if, if Zoss would have come to me and said all right Davis like design your own <laughs> mythic item for Davis what's it gonna be I don't know if I could have thought of one that would you would have come up with something <laughs> worse than the pearls yes. of Elnafe <laughs> the pearls yeah. of Elnafe yeah. for this specific build so uh, <laughs> it's been it's been a great time going back to uh, kind of his roots and, and, and seeing his heel numbers pretty much off the charts. Yeah, that's awesome, man. Davius is is fantastic. I uh I always love playing with Davius when I'm when I'm playing with my main Betsy, our two mains together basically. Yeah. They just they make such a great team. Yeah. And I think a lot of it is just because we are so intimately familiar with these characters. <laughs> yeah. It's just like we can play them blindfolded and we always have good <laughs> success with them. Um, yep. and it just feels perfect. They're, they're both Templars, you know, one Stamplar, one Magplar, and um, yeah, they work really well. We, I don't know, something about like when we get on those characters, I feel like we play differently. Like we're a lot more strategic. We're a lot yeah. more like we communicate like really effectively. Like we get in this <laughs> zone, you know. We know we know that's the big leaks when we go to that character when we go to these characters. Yeah, uh, it's, as opposed it's to like big leaks. if we're on like despair and bear claw, we're just like <laughs> wacky circus, you know, giggling the whole time. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. What's but, what's the song you say that plays in your head? You said whatever. Uh, Yakety sacks. Yes, perfect. Yeah. That's the perfect example for those two. We kick our feet up. It's it's we don't really care about the results. It's just going to be a goofy fun. Yeah, we're just trolling everyone else basically. Uh, But yeah, I'm still uh, playing a lot with Betsy. That's pretty much never not the case. You can you can always count on that. But especially (laughs) lately, uh, 
kind of like I was saying at the top of the show, my, my playtime has been somewhat limited. And so when I, when I do get to play, I'm, I'm really wanting to play with my favorite character. And that's, that's Betsy, of course. Uh, I talked about her quite a bit on the last episode, so I'm not going to kind of, I'm not going to like dive all into it again, but just to say she's, she's still awesome. Uh, Davis, you and I have gotten to play a couple of times with, with your main Magplar healer, uh, and Betsy here, and they still make an incredible duo. They've both gotten so much more powerful than they were <laughs> back, you know, before the BGs were group BGs were taken away. Yeah. Um. So. Yeah. I don't, still I don't great even, pair. Yeah, I don't even know what more I have to say about Betsy other than still playing with Betsy. She's still amazing. It's uh, what what's the build? It's uh, five pieces bone pirate, five pieces uh, deadly strikes with a two-handed maul on the front bar, um, uh, master bow on the back bar, one piece molag kenna, and the ring of the wild hunt. It's a uh, seven pieces medium, um, four well fitted, three m pen. She's super duper fast. All the jewelry is infused. Uh, damage glyphs, damage mundus. Um, she runs like the wind. Has infinite sustain and. She has like six thousand weapon damage. Yeah, uh, that's or that's like so fifty. Cheap. It's like fifty six hundred weapon damage, not counting the master bow and uh, deadly strikes. Yeah, that's the that's the biggest change with Betsy is that she hits like a truck now. Where that that used to not be, you know, that used to be kind yeah. of her her weakness, but now she still has all the same greatness. She's, she's evolved so well, and I'm I'm so happy that I really never sacrificed the play style with her it's just the game has changed in such a way where i can keep that play style and have all the firepower that i was lacking back then because the build used to be what was it It was like bone pirate and impreg yeah uh and like troll king it was like the first incarnation of betsy (laughs) the first betsy uh and she was a total roly-poly and she she was speed capped and and all of that uh but yeah like you were just saying the the damage was not amazing uh but um, yeah, the the game has just kind of changed, uh, and I think our skill has changed a bit as well. But I think a, sure. a lot of it comes down to balance changes happening in the game that have allowed me to to keep that play style, to keep that roly poly, that speediness, and all of that. Uh, but also invest a lot more into a lot more damage. Uh, and she's actually one of my hardest, hit, very hardest hitting characters that I have in my roster right now. So. Yeah. I think that's one of the most rewarding parts to to these two characters, Davius and, and Betsy, for me, is that, like you said, we almost always have good results with these when we do Battlegrounds. And these two characters are our highest MMR characters of all of our characters. I mean, the matches that uh, we get with these two, is it's they're serious matches. Oh, yeah. They're uh, seasoned vets, that's for sure. <laughs> very much so. Uh, and they still do well. They still... Uh, pair really well and 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 it's still going to be at least somewhat positive matches even matches that you know if if we don't you know uh, we don't ever get a full team or or things look look bad there's still going to be at least certain moments of that match where there's good fights that that these two do well yeah well the thing with betsy too is like i have characters that get higher kill counts than betsy for sure but with Betsy, it's all about the sweet plays. I, I like. I, I feel like if I were going to make a, <laughs> if I were going to make a highlight reel of just like really sweet looking plays, it would be it'd be all Betsy there. Uh, like I, I don't know other characters 
maybe do more damage, get more kills or whatever, but Betsy just makes it look so good. Uh, I think, I think that's, <laughs> that's what it's all about. It. Yeah. That's what it's all yeah. about. Um, so anyway, that's what we've been doing the last couple of weeks in the Elder Scrolls Online. Uh, we got yet another email. This is is this the third episode in a row? This third, we got a streak going. Just let the emails come in. We got a streak, people. <laughs> it's Red an official alert. streak of three, right? Yeah. That's when it's official. <laughs> yep. uh, so uh, this email comes from Rob. He says, hey, guys. I recently made the switch over to PC and I'm finding it a little strange getting used to the keyboard layout with this brand new world of add-ons. A couple of questions. He actually has three questions. We'll take them one at a time here. So uh, question number one, I'm wondering what kind of add-ons you guys have found to be essential for your own gameplay. Um, So uh, I have a couple of, I have a couple of uh, recommendations here, but Davis, let's hear yours first. What do you got for us, man? So, this is a this is a tough one just because I you know I I counted how many add-ons I use and I'm up to over 20 add-ons that I use. Let's <laughs> get like maybe uh, two or three. <laughs> yeah, and so that's kind of where I'm going. I'm not going to list all the add-ons I use. I think a lot of add-ons for any players you kind of see the popular ones and kind of find a need that you think would be helpful. Um, but but just to limit it down to two for just quality of life. Uh, and they, they may seem basic, but I highly recommend them, um, especially if you're coming from console with no add-ons. Uh, the two I, I listed as essential uh, is map pins. And you don't even have to use map pins, just something that shows you all of the different items on maps, sky shards, locations, something like that. I use map pins. Uh, shows all the stuff on the maps that I need. Can't uh, live without it. Yeah, just, it's just such a quality of life. Uh, and then the other one, um, inventory insight and that one is fantastic but if if you're just a running one character just so you don't have to always check your bank you can kind of always know what you have but if you're running multiple characters or if you have a plan to run multiple characters have to have inventory insight that is just the only way to keep track of all of the gear that you have yeah it shows, uh, so you, those, shows you all your inventory across all your characters all at once yes. yeah, uh, really and it also lets you one thing that I've recently uh, and I talked to you about this is that I check my crafting materials in there now because it's kind of a pain to go into your craft bag uh, and kind of look and scroll through all that. Um, it's got really good organization and, and um, you know, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? You can uh, you sorting. Can, There's a lot of good you. sorting options. Yeah. A lot of good sorting options to find the things you need. So uh, map pins, inventory insight. If I had to pin it down to two quality of life, those are the ones I would highly recommend. Nice. Um, I, uh, I picked a couple of recommendations that were sort of, um, combat focused that like help you out in combat. Um, one, one, the one that is probably the most essential to me is action duration reminder. Um, and it's, it's essentially a buff tracker, but it's, it's really, it's so much simpler to read than any other buff tracker that I've seen. So most buff trackers that I've seen, they literally just show you like every buff that your character has. And it's just like a, a billion icons on the screen. And it's like all these little icons that I don't even really know what they mean. You know, it's, it's too much for my mind to keep track of uh, action duration reminder. It just fits over your existing uh, ability bar and it's just tracking um, the, the ability when your ability expires so that you know Huge. when to recast that ability. And then you just know in your mind what buffs that ability is giving you. 
you know. A huge add-on for back bar. If any, you know, I think you're the same, but a lot of the buffs I use, I put on my back bar, uh, wouldn't work as well if without this add-on. That's yeah. a huge add-on for that. And it's, uh, like I said, it, it lays over your existing skill bar. It looks like it's just part of the game. You know, it's so easy to read. Like, you don't have to, like, train yourself to understand it or, or anything. So I uh, highly recommend Action Duration Reminder. Uh, and then the other one um, that I use a whole lot is Combat Metrics. And I, this one's a pretty nerdy one. Uh, <laughs> but if you want to be as good as you can be and you want to analyze your performance and, and that sort of stuff combat metrics is is all about that uh, i use it quite a bit i'll go into a battleground uh, and then after it's over i'll open up the combat metrics window and then i can see uh, a detailed combat log of, of every ability that i cast and like how, how many healing points it did how many damage points it did what percentage of my overall damage did this ability do compared to all my other abilities what was my uptime on these buffs? And, you know, like almost every conceivable thing you could think of uh, data-wise uh, for combat, for PvE or PvP. Uh, it helps you break that stuff down quite a bit. A lot of that stuff we talk about, like testing on target dummies and stuff like that. Um, a lot of that information we're gathering from combat metrics to help us know, like, well, this this set actually would be more to, more beneficial in this scenario and, and things like that. Yeah, um, combat, combat metrics... Two things stand out the most about me is one, it is probably the number one add-on that I use for theory crafting. Oh yeah, uh, and as well, just as you kind of led to, uh, just for getting better, uh, it's such a great add-on for just getting better. Like you said, you can go after a battle gun, you can go look and and if there's uh, I you know I've used it a lot of times in the past. If, if there's a buff that I consider that I should have pretty much 100% uptime, and I go look at combat metrics and I see that. I'm not having it, you know, if I've got 40% uptime on it, uh, then I can, you know, you can kind of train yourself to go, you know, what, yeah. I'm, not ca- I'm not casting that buff enough. Uh, it's, and, it's kind of the, the training and, and the film room of battlegrounds. Yeah. And it's, it's also great to help you decide, like make certain decisions in your build, you know, like you're yeah. trying to decide between one ability or another. So, you know, you can just slot one of them, go do a battleground and then, look back at combat metrics, how much healing, how what percentage of healing did that give me compared to everything else? And then try the other ability and compare them to each other. Um, so that's helped me quite a few times where I'm, I'm really on the fence, one versus the other. They both seem pretty good, but the numbers show me this one is clearly the one I should choose. Yep. Um, uh, action duration reminder combat metrics. Those are my two answers there. What were your two again? Map pins and inventory insight. Great add-ons. And yeah, we both have like a billion add-ons. But, <laughs> so many. Um, really, my, my best advice with add-ons is to use as few as possible, actually, though. Yeah, um, I, I actually would agree with that just because after a while it does kind of get messy and, and things kind of... And it can um, impact performance. It absolutely can. Yeah. yeah. Um, question number two, do you guys use the default keyboard layout or have you changed a lot of things to help streamline combat? For example, using mouse buttons for skills, etc. Davis, I'm not going to let you answer this question because <laughs> once, once people find the, out <laughs> the <laughs> disgust you have with my keyboard layout, you're just disgusted. He, this is this is my this is coming out. It's out in the open. Oh, it's no. on the cast. <laughs> Everybody's going to hear about your disgust for my keyboard layout. Uh, I'll, I'll let you go first, and then I will come in with my unique layout. I guess. 
Well, it's uh, not so much your. I think you just have a unique hand position yes, on the, on the keyboard. True. Is that? They, but it, it it does cause for a much different. Uh, yeah. Keyboard layout, but so. I'll I'll answer first since it's very likely that Rob uses <laughs> my hand position with the the middle finger on the W key, right? Uh, <laughs> uh, anyway, <laughs> there are a couple there are a couple of what I would I would consider to be essential um, um, uh, mappings here. Mm-hmm. So uh, I my mouse I have a typical standard mouse that has two uh, thumb buttons on the side, right? Like a normal normal mouse, and then it has those two extra buttons on the side for your thumb. So one of those buttons, the one that's kind of furthest back, closest to my body, uh, I use that for my weapon swap. That way you don't have to reach all the way up to that tilde key every time you want a weapon swap. Putting it on the mouse makes it so much more fluid for doing things like uh, weapon swap, um, animation canceling and things like that it just makes it like second nature you don't even have to think about it so that's one i would say almost mandatory doesn't have to be that specific button but put weapon swap on the mouse somewhere for sure uh and then for my other uh, mouse thumb button there's two of them there the other one is skill number five because that's another one that's kind of a little too far in the other direction for me to reach comfortably Uh, so i'll put that on the other mouse thumb button uh, and that's really nice. I actually end up using that as like a, a utility button. That'll be something that I just want quick access to. Like um, uh, like if I'm a Nightblade, I'll put my cloak on that button. Or if I'm a Sorcerer, um, I'll put Streak on skill number five. So it's just it's just a mouse button away. I can hit it anytime. Uh, another essential one. I think this one is absolutely essential on a, on a stamina character at least, but I really do it on all my characters. Uh, roll Dodge. Map roll dodge to a key that doesn't require being double tapped. You know, like by default, you have to double tap a directional key to roll dodge. In PvP, especially when you're in the heat of combat, that that extra little pause can can be the difference between a successful roll dodge or not. It absolutely often is. You really need to remap roll dodge. I put it on R. I use R for dodge, which is by default, that's your ultimate key, but I, I put the ultimate on my mouse. Uh, so the, the scroll wheel, when I click downward on the scroll wheel, that's where I put my ultimate. I don't know, do whatever you want with that. Just uh, put roll dodge some on something besides the double tap directional keys. Trust me, you gotta do it. <laughs> um, and then I know some people will put like bash and break free. They'll map that to a to a certain button because by default you have to hold the block button then tap the the light attack button and again in the heat of combat you can kind of mess up that sequence like if you're panicking you know uh you might miss that bash you might you might not actually be breaking free and then you're you're cursing at the game because you're like i was breaking free but actually you just weren't hitting the buttons in the right order uh that does happen so to avoid that you can you can map a bash to a single button that you just press that and it instantly will bash and break free uh, i don't do that but some people do so those are my um button mappings davius what's your situation right. man you get to hear you get to be disgusted for just the right <laughs> so I'm just, I... I'm just gonna take a break you go ahead i'll be back <laughs> you can't listen to it so i actually a little bit different so where ket puts his middle finger on the w key i actually put my ring finger on the W key, which kind of shifts my whole hand over to the right of the keyboard a little bit. Let's just give and the so, audience a moment to 
just to soak just that up. Condo, just to soak it in. Soak it in. <laughs> so I actually do my ring finger on the W key, uh, and so. Uh, I 100% agree with Ket on the weapon swap. That's same mouse uh, mouse thumb one is where I do that. That is huge. Um, for how many times, uh, especially if you want to get later on in the game and, and, and you want to do high-level play, you, there's so many times you have to weapon swap. I mean, just all the time. It's So with it being on that button, it's just very fluid, um, and, and that's just a must. Yeah. Um, so with my... my hand set up on my keyboard i actually have um the skill number one mapped to r uh to the r key and so that actually becomes my spammable i always use my spammable on any character and then i map that to the r key uh and then my ultimate uh which is normally that all key i actually move that to the, the thumb two button on my mouse um and then my roll dodge uh i actually map to t uh, which is just you know a little bit farther, but with my with my hand set up, T is very reachable, and so I actually have roll dodge as T on some of my magic kit characters that don't do as much roll dodge and stuff like that. I do have the uh, number two skill mapped to T, um, but a lot of my characters with my hand set up on the keyboard, if I ever have like a passive skill that I just have in my bar for for buffs only, I'll throw that on skill two. Uh, so I don't have to worry about casting that one just because it's a little awkward for me to get up there and cast it. But that is my keyboard setup. So uh, if Kit, there happens to remove your headphones. <laughs> <laughs> is it over? Okay, it's I'm back. Over. Uh, if there happens to be anyone out there who who uses the same hand position, there you go. There's some recommendations for you. Uh, <laughs> there's got there's got to be somebody out there. There somebody are out dozens there. of us. <laughs> We're growing. I wonder how many people on planet Earth put their hands <laughs> or like that on the keyboard when they play video games. It's got to be single digits, I swear. Uh, that's, you know, it just it just works. I don't, you know, yeah. I've done it for so long. There's no way I could change it this point. Yeah. There's yeah. no way. Totally. Um Okay, question number three from Rob. Since I'm starting all over from scratch, I wanted to see what you guys do to farm XP and level to 50 when creating a new character. Obviously, the New Life Festival helps with XP boosts, uh, but what is the standard routine that your characters go through? I usually just follow the Sigic quests, finding lore books, sky shards, etc. along the way. That's what Rob says. Um... Uh, I'll, I'll go ahead and answer this one first again. I have a bit of a routine here. I actually already shared this with Rob uh, earlier uh, because we have this XP event going on. I didn't want him to have to wait for this episode. Uh, but now I'll share it with everyone. All right, finally, the world will have access <laughs> We've to been Sparrowhawk's <laughs> secret XP grinding routine. No, it's not secret at all. <laughs> Uh, number one thing I do is I always save any 100% or 150% scrolls. I stash those in the bank. And if I need, to, if I'm trying to do some quick leveling outside of an XP event, I, I just use the 50% scrolls only. And I, I just save the 100s and the 150s until an XP event arrives. And that's when I bust those things out. Um, so that would be, I think, my my first piece of advice. It's so worth it when if you can wait for that double XP event and stack a one hundred and fifty scroll on top of it, man, it just it just flies. Mm-hmm. Um, so wait for an XP event if possible, uh, and then put together a leveling build. Uh, my leveling builds usually will consist of two crafted sets. 
Uh, and I'll usually do something like either Julianos or Hunting's Rage, depending on the build, uh, and Shacklebreaker for the other uh, set. Uh, and just body and weapons. Don't even worry about jewelry. I, if, if I'm just like power leveling a character, I usually don't even equip jewelry at all. It's just body and weapons. Uh, and then like every uh, 10 levels or so, I'll craft new gear. Whenever it kind of feels like it's becoming a slog and difficult to, to kill enemies uh, when I'm grinding, um, it's about every 10 to 12 levels or so I'll make new gear. Um, I'll make the... The armor blue and the the weapons purple. I wouldn't upgrade anything beyond that. It's not you're not going to get anything out of it. Uh, and then you want a ranged weapon, uh, either at least on one bar. I, I I like to have it on both bars, but you you want a ranged weapon at least on one bar. Yeah. And training uh, training trade. That's what you mean by the leveling build, right? Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, <laughs> of course, <laughs> every single one of those pieces needs to have the training trait. Of course, totally. Uh, and then very important, if it's a new character that you're making, if you have champion points, remember to spend those champion points on this new character. It's going to make your grinding so much faster and so much easier. Um, and then setting up your skill bars. This is where it becomes a science, right? Like getting the skill, like getting the <laughs> skill bars just right as you're leveling up and kind of slotting things in and out as you're getting things unlocked as you go. That's where... That's where the skill really comes in here. So your front bar, that's your leveling bar. Mm -hmm. uh, and what you want is you want one skill from all three of your class skill lines. And you want one skill from both weapon skill lines. Uh, so like one skill from your front bar weapon and one skill from your back bar weapon. Um, so as long as... So you don't have to have your back bar weapon equipped to get XP for it, right? As long as you have... Say like you have a sword and shield on the back bar. Well, if you have a sword and shield ability on your front bar, even though you don't have a sword and shield uh, equipped there, you're still getting XP when stuff dies because that ability is there. So make sure you have a sk one skill from all three cla uh, class skill lines and one skill from both weapon skill lines. So that'll be five skills that fills up your front bar exactly. And then you have that ultimate to, to do whatever you want with. Uh, that way, every time you gain XP, every single one of your of those of your most important skill lines are getting that XP and they're leveling up pretty much at exactly the same rate. Um, so that works really well that way. Uh, I also, you want to make sure that one of those abilities on your front bar, try to make it an AOE spammable if you can. So like the Necromancer's Scythe or the DK Fiery Breath, uh, the two-handed uh, carve ability, um, there's jabs, there's spin to win. You know, there's a lot of them out there. Try to make one of those front bar abilities an AOE spammable if you can. Uh, and then on your back bar, that's just where your buffs and heals are going to go. And then you want some ground AOEs uh, like Caltrops or uh, Endless Hail, Wall of Elements, something like that. Um, and then you just go farm mobs, basically, right? Uh, so your mob farming uh, routine is you throw you on, on your back bar, you throw those AOEs on the ground and then quickly... Uh, swap to your front bar and just spam that AOE spammable and make sure you stay on that front bar when everything dies so everything on that front bar is getting that XP. Uh, and of course you're going to use your ranged weapon to aggro mobs that are far away so they'll, they'll all come in close to you. Um, and that's basically how that goes. Uh, you also want to um, let's see here you want to do one random dungeon per day, right? You want to do yep. one random battleground per day. 
because uh, the first one of each of those that you do each day gives you a gigantic uh, XP boost. So usually what I do is I'll start, I'll just get into my zombie farming routine and then just queue up for one of those things while I'm doing that, right? Uh, and then mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'll jump in there. Um, also, if you can group up with one other person, you get an extra 10% XP boost. Uh, so that's really nice. If you group up with three or more people, you start, you actually get gain less XP per kill. But Davis, you and I have talked about this. People have some misconceptions uh, about this, right? So if you have three people in your group, then yes, it's true that each time you kill an enemy, you're getting less XP from that enemy than you would if you were just by yourself. Uh, But since you have more people, you're doing a lot more damage. You're killing enemies so much faster. So you actually are getting, you probably are getting more overall XP even though it's it's a lesser amount per enemy. You know what I mean? Yeah. If you're in a good zone or have a good rotation, you're going through, you're you're killing more mobs. It, you know, let's put it in a 30-minute block. In 30 minutes, you're going to kill so many more mobs that that will equal out to more experience than the amount of mobs you could kill by yourself in those 30, same 30 minutes. Yeah, especially if it's a low-level character. You know, you're not going to be able to, to wipe those mobs out super fast, most likely. Um, yeah, and that... That's an important part, too. Like you said, it's very important that you have your bar set up that way. And so a lot of the times your damage is not optimal. And so when you group up with other people, that, you know, that that extra damage is is very important. Yeah, because uh, that allows you to keep your bar with that leveling setup. Um, as far as where to to farm stuff. So you can Google search ESO v- zombie farm. There are multiple kind of spots just in the general vanilla overworld uh, where you can farm zombies and that, that those spots work really well and it's pretty it's pretty easy to do as well uh, Spellscar in Craglorn is a very popular grind spot um, I'll, I'll, I'll give players a word of advice that that is a very popular grind spot and there's always almost always a large group going around in a very specific rotation uh <laughs> please please just join that group and follow them around you you will get a ton of xp even though there's a billion people around there's it seems like there's always some wise guy that wants to run ahead and try to kill everything ahead of their groups so they can hog hog all the xp for themselves it ruins it for everyone yeah. you know i guess it's a free country do what you want but stay with stay <laughs> just with do the it group, right man. all right <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it's frustrating uh, there's Skyreach, of course. Uh, if you don't have a lot of uh, experience, like soloing dungeons and stuff like that, you might need to take a buddy to do that. Um, but like Davis and I, we're able to solo it, and we're not by any means like uh, you know the best players in this game. So it's not that hard, but it can be challenging. Uh, but that's the one. If you can do Skyreach, that it's the most popular grind spot for a reason. You really do get a ton of XP. What's nice about it is it's instanced. So you are guaranteed to have it all to yourself. You don't have to share it with anybody. Um, and it's a pretty short loop and then you can just reset it, go right back in and do it again and again and again. That's, that's why people like it. There's, there's a billion mobs in there. You really do get a ton of XP. You have it all to yourself and you can just do it again and again. Um, so, but it's a little bit of a challenge. You might need a buddy, but you know, who knows? Maybe try it by yourself. You may surprise yourself. Who knows? Mm-hmm. Uh, and then one more suggestion for a grind spot is just public dungeons. Just really any random public dungeon. Most of them are pretty good for grinding. Uh, my personal favorite is the Vile Monts in Reaper's March. It's in the far north part of the map. Uh, what's really nice about it is um, 
all of the mobs in there are Imperials, uh, and Imperials always drop gold, so as you're farming XP, you're actually getting a pretty nice amount of gold at the same time. And it's a nice, easy loop, too, and there's quite a few mobs. So, Davius, anything to add to your X, to the XP grinding? Yeah, I mean, I think you I think you covered a lot of it with the gear and the bar setups. Um, the only thing I would say is that you just my kind of personal leveling that I do is obviously, you know, if if any people who have listened before know that um, I always knock out the Nord all the Nord zones with all my characters. Um, but I think the important part to that, from a leveling standpoint, is that it uh, if I'm doing all those quests and I'm getting all those sky shards in those areas. It's a nice way to build up your skill points to where once you max your character out that you don't have to go and farm a whole bunch of skill points. At least I've got kind of a nice base. And so if there are certain zones that you like uh, more than others, I do recommend at least knocking out some zones so you at least have some skill points so that once you hit 50, you don't have to go farm all of these different skill points. It kind of gives a nice base. Uh, where you can collect lore books or you know sky shards, and you're doing these quests that reward skill points. Yeah. Um, so I always knock out those Nord zones, uh, and then as you said, the the zombie farms, spell scar. One that I would add to that is the the Alakir, uh desert. Oh, dolmens. the dolmens. Yeah, that is a very popular one. That is one that uh, it is good experience, but that's one I recommend if you just want to. <laughs> I feel bad this. Yeah, if you just want the laziest leveling possible, that one you go there. I guarantee you, there is multiple groups of twenty people that you just they will auto invite. If you know, you just press the one, whatever key you press, you'll join the group. And as long as you follow them around, you really don't even have to attack. You will just constantly get experience because the big part about the experience in that is not necessarily from the mobs. It's from closing down the dolmen, whatever that little uh, crystal is. Uh-huh. Once you close that down, that hits you with experience that you're, you will automatically get. Uh, and so you just kind of rotate from dolmen to dolmen. Uh, you really don't have to pay attention. Uh, so I've, I've done a couple of those. Like if I'm just kind of wanting experience, but I'm not really wanting to, to be terribly engaged, that's one that I'll go and I just kind of rotate it from the zombie farm, spell card, the uh, spell card, those. Uh, another one that I'll do kind of like the... Um, the daily dungeon uh and then the daily battleground mm-hmm. uh, once you do those you know definitely have a a, a experience scroll up for when you hit those so you kind of get that burst of experience um, but i will always do um several of the beginning of the vanilla game main quest ex- uh quests oh, okay. um, because those are they're real simple obviously because the first couple of them are just you know they're the very vanilla base game main quest line so they're very easy they're kind of walk you through um, but when you complete those they're kind of a nice burst experience and so if you have a experience scroll uh, active you can kind of complete those and it just is a nice quick burst of experience nice yeah i guess uh, things like sky shards and all that for me i do it a little bit differently i i kind of think of that as a second phase of leveling like <laughs> so I'm, I'm basically just in a in a sprint to get to level 50 um, with the the method I was just talking about and then once I hit level 50 that's when I go like if I need say say I need Sigic order mages guild and a bunch of sky shards I can do all those simultaneously right I'm gonna I'm gonna go to the same parts of the map to get all of those things. So I can just kind of get them all as I go. 
Um, so that's kind of how I do that. So uh, that's all of Rob's questions. Thank you very much, Rob. Rob uh, closes email and says, thanks again. Love the show. Also, I need an invite to the Goon Squad. Finally can join since I've made the trip to PCNA. Have a safe holiday, Rob. Rob, thank you so much for writing us, man. Rob is talking about our guild uh, students, goons. If you'd like to join, you can email us at scrollandpodcast at gmail.com and let us know you want to be a part of the students, goon. Students, goons. Uh, we're mostly a social guild with a bit of a, uh, a PvP leaning, but we do a little bit of everything. Uh, we mainly just kind of hang out in Discord and share funny screenshots uh, and memes and stuff like that um, and talk about builds and other kind of things. Also, if you'd well, like, oh, go ahead. <laughs> I was just gonna say, uh, welcome uh, to PCNA, Rob. Oh yeah, welcome to the best platform for ESO for sure. <laughs> um, also, if you'd like to email us, as Rob did, you can email us at scrollinpodcast at gmail dot com. Ask us questions, uh, correct us on something maybe we were incorrect about, uh, tell us a joke, give us a suggestion. Uh, you know, tell us that our voices sound nice, really, whatever you want. Uh, <laughs> tell me what the, the back bar to Davius should be, you know. Anything. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Build suggestions. Tell us that our, our build ideas suck. Whatever. It's fine. Uh, <laughs> Send it our way. <laughs> uh, one more thing I want to talk about before we go. Uh, you know, things are, are in flux right now. Uh, it's uh, there's, there's a lot of things changing and the world's a really weird place. And this podcast has always been kind of a place of experimentation for me. And it's a, it's a hobby that I really enjoy. And as I was talking about on the last episode, I'm, I'm in the process of just finding a good balance between the different aspects of my life, right? Uh, and, and ESO and this podcast is an aspect of, of my life that's very important to me, and I don't want to give them up at all. Um, but as I was saying in the last episode, this podcast does take up quite a bit of my time, uh, and it really is getting to a point with other things that I have going on that it, it kind of eats into other areas of my life that I really should focus on and put more energy into, especially considering that, you know, this doesn't make us money in any way. And it's, <laughs> it's fun. It's a fun hobby and we've, we've made good friends and things like that. Um, but I, at a certain point I kind of have to assess how much value is this giving me versus the things that it's taking me away from. So we're going to pull back even more. Uh, on the last episode, I was saying that we're going to go to a release schedule where we do an episode every two weeks rather than every week. Uh, and since then I've been thinking about it and I've, Honestly, I think for me, that's not going to be enough. I think I'm going to have to pull back uh, even more. That's not to say we're quitting the show, um, but I think we're going to go back to a format that was similar to, to when I first started, which is basically kind of whenever I feel like releasing an episode, that's when we re <laughs> release an episode. <laughs> um, it usually it, it, tend, it tends to be around uh, content releases or when there's big news to talk about, but it's not going to be... Uh, a specific release schedule. Uh, it's going to be when we're excited about something, when we have stuff that we want to talk about, then we'll drop an episode at that time. You know, so it might be once a month, once every six weeks. There might be a period where maybe we do release episodes every week or every two weeks while something exciting is happening. You know, who knows? Uh, I think it's, we're just going to kind of wing it like that. And that's what we're going to do for a while. Of course, we always give ourselves the freedom to change our minds. And 
and change it again. You know, who know who knows? We might go back to a one week thing at some point. Uh, but for now, I've been thinking about this a lot, and I I think this is what has to happen for, uh, for me. I don't want to give it up, but uh, I got to I got to slow way way down. All right. Well, I think that is an episode. What is this? Episode number forty three. Uh, 43 episodes, you know, it seems like just two weeks ago was episodes. 42 episodes, you know? <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy. It's just uh, time flies. Yeah. Uh, it's been a blast, but I think, I think we're going to end the episode right now. <laughs>